I, I'm going to introduce uh, Aaron. He's one of the overseers we have at Bloom. So we have three overseers who kind of uh, help mentor Luke, Aaron, and myself to kind of guide the community spiritually. Uh, they're also like kind of there as like a check and balance of like, <laughs> whoa, too far or whoa, not enough. So <laughs> that's kind of, that's who Aaron is. He's a pastor at, it's what's the name of the church? True Life in Plymouth. Awesome. But he is here today to share a message with us. Uh, because I didn't want to, and Luke and Aaron are out of town. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so with, with that being said, I'll let uh, Aaron take the mic and kind of go from there. <laughs> yeah, I know the feelings. Like, I don't want to preach. <laughs> well, good morning, guys. How are you doing today? It's wobbly. It's like our podium in our church. It's like we fix it a bunch of times, but it always wobbles this way. So when you put your hands on it, it's like click. So it'll be just... It'll just be just easy, you know, I feel like at home. Well, I'm glad, you know, I always enjoy coming here talking to you guys and just, um, you know, I appreciate being connected with Luke. And we've been friends know, a long time. We've worked together um, at Living Word Christian Center for a number of years and stuff like that. So we've always been cool. And I had coffee with Luke a couple months ago. We had coffee and we're just talking and it was just good to hang out with him and just, you know, see what's going on in life and dealing with those things. Well... Today, what did I want to talk about to you guys? What great message did I have from the Lord? I don't know. Um, the thing I want to talk about is love. You know, it's so funny. It seems like we always kind of go, uh, yeah, everyone gets love. Everyone understands that God loves them. And we kind of say that. But then just walking in that love on a daily basis, a lot of people struggle. And so it's, and so I always like going back to, even though people go, that's a basic message. It's a good message. And it's something that I just um, like talking to people about because the more we understand God's love for us and the more we start actually loving ourselves. It's, it's crazy. People go, yeah, I understand God's love. But then they don't, um, they don't love themselves. And, you know, you can tell we don't love ourselves because, you know, a lot of people are dealing with oppression and depression and just, you know, have really low self-worth. And, and they're always trying. To, we're living for um, somebody else's approval. It's, it's just like crazy how we just, I don't know if that's a human part of us, that we just crave approval. And we'll do anything and act any way and, and line up. And we won't speak our voice. We won't speak our truth. We won't be who God's called us to be because we have to have someone's approval. And if we have approval, even if it's killing us, we'll still want that approval. And, you know, and it's interesting. God had me on this trail of just thinking about that because, you, know, um, you know, I've been church world for a long time. You know, I was in, Luke and I were in a mega church for a long time and dealt with a lot of people. And, and I always saw people who had knew a lot of the scripture. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they knew scripture, 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 quote, quote, quote. But then just had horrible impressions of themselves we're dealing with a lot of stuff and and always and, and i came came from this background that if you studied enough of the word all your problems would go away you know just read more of the bible read more scripture study more study more and then you know that was kind of like you know my whole mo and I, you know at one time I, I laugh and i'm glad the lord took it away from me because i could remember 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 a lot of scripture oh i just and then that be kind of that kind of came my thing. I knew I was a scripture guy. If you asked me a scripture, I could tell you what it was, what chapter, what verse. And but I had this weird thing going on the inside of me. On the inside of me, there was this emptiness. 
I would say these good words. I would say these scriptures that were powerful. I'd preach messages that were powerful. And I was sitting on the inside dying, going, what? Lord, I'm saying the scripture. You know, I'm saying the word. It should be okay. It should be just, it should be awesome. What, what, what am I not seeing? And then when I even heard the grace message, and that turned me, oh, yeah, grace. It's all about grace. God loves us unconditionally. And it kind of turned to that place again where, you know, it was about listening to more grace teaching. Well, if I learn, listen to more grace teaching, then I'll be more graceful, full of grace. Chase that, chase that. And, um, and that didn't work. I mean, it was good. What about grace? I still love grace. But there was something that I just wasn't catching, something I just wasn't connecting with. And I was like, okay, Lord, what is it? And I've seen other people's lives, they weren't connected. They knew a lot of grace. It seemed like the more grace they knew, the more arrogant they became. became. They were, I used to call them the grace foodies. The grace foodies always knew, you know, exactly. If you didn't say it right, if you didn't put in the right ingredients, I had people in my church leave because I wasn't speaking grace enough. I don't know what that means, but I wasn't speaking grace. And what I found out was that they wanted me to speak Joseph Prince's grace. You know, Joseph Prince, I... And if I didn't preach like Joseph Prince, then I wasn't preaching grace right. And if I didn't say everything exactly like he did, I wasn't speak, speaking grace right. And so they left. And, you know, I was kind of glad because they just didn't want, they, they were just in a weird place. It was all about doing. And, and um, it just brought me to the place I'm going, okay, Lord, what are we missing? What are we not seeing? You know, we're doing all these good things, saying all these great verses, having these great sermons. And I can tell when people... You know, when the sermon really doesn't register with, register with them, because you know what they tell the pastors usually? Oh, that's a good message, Pastor. When I hear a good message, I go, okay, you j it just went right into your intellect. Another thing you just filed. Okay, yep, filed that in, you know, Sunday morning, October, uh, you know, September 28th. Just put it in, or what is, what's the day, 29th? Uh, 30th. 30th. <laughs> 30th. So we just put in that 30th, you know, and that little thing in the back of your brain, and you're good. Okay, and so uh, when I feel a message, messages are supposed to inspire people, and when they inspire them, you begin to put them to work in your own personal life. And just to hear a message is one thing. That's okay. But see, the Holy Spirit wants us to be inspired. And the way we get inspired, you know, with the word or, you know, preaching is that we begin to open up our hearts to the Lord. So we're going to do that right now. We're just going to close our eyes. Because sometimes what happens, we come to church, we kind of sit down, and then we just kind of go into this intellect mode where we just, we're taking everything from our intellect. And we don't do, the most important part is that God doesn't speak to our heads. He speaks to our heart. He speaks through us through intuition. You know, I heard this one preacher say this, and I liked it. He said, prayer is us communicating to God, but intuition is God creating, communicating to us. And it's interesting, I've learned this about people in the, in the in kind of in the church world is they get really freaked out when you start talking about emotions. Because, you know, you're not supposed to have emotions. It's all supposed to be intellectual. It's all supposed to be taken in. It's just thinking on it. And no one likes to get into emotions because when you get into emotions, you get into who you really are. We get into your stuff. And God always wants to get into your stuff. And a message is supposed to get into your stuff. And what it does, it brings that stuff up. And why does it bring that stuff up? Because God wants to deal with that stuff. Because he knows that stuff is stopping you from really enjoying all who he is. Because you have all these little things in our subconscious, this stuff. And so when he speaks to your emotions, he speaks to your heart, the Bible calls it the cardia. 
that's a place where your personality, your will, and your emotions dwell. That's who you really are. And God knows I want to get in there, and I, there's things in there that you believe about yourself. There's things in there that have been sitting there holding you back from being you, the real person you are and going for approval. He's, he goes, I want, I want that. I want to rip that out. He says, I want to make you, you know, it's funny. He wants to make you an individual. It's crazy. I looked at the word individual in, um, in the Webster. This Lord said, you need to look it up. And I looked it up. An individual is someone that is inseparable from the whole. So God wants to make you an individual. Sometimes you always push the team effort, team, team, team. And I kind of get that. But what God wants you to be, he wants you to be inseparable from him. Because sometimes we, we connect and we connect to this um, to, for approval. We'll connect to a church. We'll connect to a political group. We'll connect to whatever it is. We always connect to these other things, and we just we let them absorb us. And it's interesting because God wants to make everyone in this room an individual. He has this plan and this purpose that is specifically for you that's totally cool, that is totally awesome, that he wants to bring in your life. But what happens if he can't get that junk in our hearts? We just naturally slide into approval. And when you start letting God have this stuff, sometimes it's scary um, because he's changing us. He's, he's doing a work in us. And sometimes when the dark stuff comes out, it scares you because you kind of go, no, 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 Lord. No, I, no, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to no, think about what happened with my parents. I don't want to think about having that relationship, Lord. I just, uh, I just don't want to do with that. He goes, no, we got to get rid of this. We got to cleanse this. We got to, we got to remove this out of the way. And he starts working in us. And sometimes we get scared. That's why people don't like emotions. They don't like feelings because when people get emotional, things begin to come up, right? Patterns begin to be coming up, and God begins to deliver them. So it's not wrong. God wants to deliver you. When it comes up, let it come up, because it's God cleaning house. It's God just removing this stuff from us. And sometimes in church world, we don't like that. We like you just to come in, sit, smile, pay your tithes, you know, keep us going, and then, you know, have, you know we'll do a little pot, potluck, a little blessing, keep, kind of keep you happy, but then go on your way. We don't want to get into your stuff. Well, I know Pastor Luke likes getting into stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think we both do because we got fed up with just the game. We used to call it the faith game. Where everyone's doing wonderful and great. And then they, they're in church here, and they're smiling, and oh, yeah, it's talking all these, taking all this stupid, st not stupid stuff, but just surfacey stuff. And they walk up to the car crying. I met, I remember at the last church, I, would call, I was called to the parking lot so many times because people are crying by their car. They came in, and they greeted, and they did their service, and they paid their tithes, and then they walk out the door, you know, and they're like, can you come on and talk to Joe? I just saw Joe. Yeah, he's out, he's having a bad time. I go, he just told me he was highly favored and blessed of God. <laughs> Because he felt he had to. He felt he couldn't say, uh, Pastor Gavin, it's just been a crappy week. It's just been hard. He couldn't say that because he thought I would think of him as a lesser person and he wasn't, you know, all this, the, the weird approval. He wanted, you know, I, I have to have approval, so I'll do things to get approval. I'll say words. I'll act a certain way to fit in, to be approved of. And God doesn't want you to be that approval. God doesn't need you to do that. You are loved by God. And you just have to let that flow. So let's go back to where I started. Let's close our eyes and just let, let God in. Just open your heart.
just open your heart to him and just go, Lord, you know, whatever it is that you need to do, Lord, in my life, whatever there that's causing me not to see things, causing me to doubt myself, doubt situations, things that I'm angry about, things I can't seem to forgive, things I can't seem to get past, Lord, I just ask you just to take those struggles, fears, doubts, unbeliefs, whatever it is. See, it's so important that we just do this with the Lord, you know, here at church, but also at home. And just let him have it. Just let him have the stuff. You know, let him have it. One lady was telling me today, when we were sitting up at our church, she just said, it was just a rough two days because um, she's dealing with a lot of stuff at work. And she said, I spent the last two days at work crying. And I said, well, that's good. I mean, at least you cried and got the release out. You know, and then she goes, yeah, I came home and I cried. And I said, that's good. It's not a, you're not a bad person because you cried. You just were overwhelmed at work. And crying is a release. And, you know, it's releasing that emotional baggage. And it's, it's healthy. You know, and so she, I said, just, you know, just love yourself. It's okay. So we just let God just have the stuff. You know, I love a scripture in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. It just talks about casting your cares. God says, cast your cares upon me. And that's everything. You know, I talk to God about everything. Fears, doubts, unbeliefs, nothing. Everything's on the table with him because I, I can't, I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm letting him have it. I'm just going, and when I, when I do that, then I get free. You know, sometimes you can tell friends. It's nice to have a good community where you can share things. Or maybe you can't share everything, but with him, you can share everything. And you just need to release it to him and just go, Lord, I'm struggling with this. I'm having trouble with this, you know. And he's there to take your cares. You're not supposed to carry your cares. You're supposed to give them to him. And no matter what they are and how, you know, goofy they seem, you still give them to him. And then because it sets you free. He wants you free. Jesus died so you could be free. And, and the more we give this stuff to him, what I've been finding out is that there's been coming a freedom to me. There's my life perfect and everything is like angels singing. No, but there's this freedom coming where I'm just going, yeah, Lord, it looks dark, but man, I just know in my heart there's just freedom. And even though the things around you haven't changed, there's just this freedom that bubbles up in you and you kind of go, okay, where we're going into this, this is, you know, it's going to work. It's going to take over. And so it's just important that, you know, we just begin to let God be our father. And even if you don't know what that means, maybe I had one lady, and she just had a horrible life. Just, you know, didn't know her father, and her mother just kind of dumped her, and it was just horrible and, and stuff. And I said, well, even, you know, and I get that. When she, you say father to her, it doesn't make sense. It's just kind of like she gets such bad things. I said, okay, God gets that. So talk to him about that. So, Lord, I don't even know what it means to have a father that loves me. I don't even know. Show me. Help me. Help me see these things. Because when we start to see these things, we start to love ourselves. We start to get free. And, and today my message is about just loving yourself. You know, we do so many things. I bet you guys, if I sat down and talked to you, you would tell me so many things about your lives. And I would see you loving yourself and loving people. But most people, when you go, do you love yourself? Who loves themselves? Raise your hand, love themselves. <laughs> yeah, see, and this is what we do. We go, 
uh, yeah, because I know I'm supposed to kind of love myself, but we don't love ourselves. And it's just like the craziest thing. And then if we don't love ourselves, how in the world are we supposed to, well, you know, we're kind of getting what we don't love ourselves because we don't love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Even though the Bible says that, love your neighbor, love, well, if you hate yourself, you don't like yourself, how are you going to love this other person? Your spouse, your friend, your neighbor, the person who doesn't agree with you, the guy who's a jerk at work. How are you going to love them if you don't love yourself? And so that's a question that we have to ask. And in church world, <clears throat> we don't like going there because it gets messy. It gets dirty. It gets, it's, it's, it's not, you know, we like, you know, to, in approval land, we like everything to be nice and straight and there's no problems and everything's wonderful. But in real life with God, he likes the mess. He likes to clean it up. You know, Jesus, when he went to the cross, it was messy. When he was beaten, it was messy. What he did, when he, he took that sin on him, it was messy. But he did it because he loved us. And so when you begin to let God just do his work in you, and you begin to go, okay, Lord, if it gets messy, let it be messy. Let him do it. Let him begin to work in you. Because, and here's how you begin to love yourself. Okay, um, anybody combing the hair today? Anybody style the hair? Now, he styled it. You know, we were talking about this, and, I, and we were talking earlier, and I just said, oh, yeah. I said, you love yourself. And he goes, well, I said, I can tell. I said, you styled your hair. That was a unique design. Now, everybody might look at design, and he laughed. Yeah, and he laughed, and he laughed. And when I told him that, he laughed. He went, like, what, styling my hair is loving myself? And I go, yeah, because you had this thing, this way you wanted to look today. And so you spent time. That is caring. That is loving. See, we don't give ourselves credit. You know, you, you, you got dressed. You came to church. You, you brushed your teeth. You did whatever you did to, do, you know, to come here today. Why? You took care of yourself, didn't you? See, it's a form of loving. But see, we don't see that. We just do, well, I got to do it because I got to be presentable. And we, we always go down this negative vibe. It's the craziest thing that we go down this, always this negative sin consciousness that we put on ourselves. Instead of going, you know, you got dressed today. You know, you put on your Iowa hat because, you know, well, you like that hat. And, you, and that hat, hat reminds you of things, right? You from Iowa? Yeah, reminds you of that, family, friends, you know, the good times. It, it's a momentum, and, it's, and it shows how much he loves Iowa and loves and all those connections. You know, I'm a, I'm a Badger fan. I grew up in Wisconsin. I'm a Badger fan. So, you know, so that, that means stuff to me. But what happens is that we don't love ourselves because we, we have this weird idea from out in the world what loving yourself looks like, what it means to love yourself. And we're actually doing th things right now and loving yourself. Maybe it's going out after work, church today and eating your favorite meal or hanging out with people. And that's a form of love. I mean, look at mom's right here with the baby. She's just loving this baby, taking care of her baby, you know, making sure that she's got her pacifier and everything. And mom is like loving herself by loving her baby. It's such, a, it's such an awesome thing. But we don't give ourselves credit for it. You know, we, do you love yourself? Well, kind of. A little bit. Yeah, I kind of love myself. No. You know, I heard the two ladies here talking about someone's fixing up a house. Okay. <laughs> and so why are you fixing up your house? Okay. 
You're invested in it, and you, and you love that house you're in. You're loving it, learning to love it. You're getting close. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing things, and you're, putting, and you're taking your own style, and you're designing that house the best way to fit that style. So it's, it's an act of love. It's like when God did creation. When he created the heavens and the earth, he created it with a, his flair in it. He, you know, when he made the animals and the trees, it was him showing his love for mankind. And then he put us here. And so when we're doing these things, working on your house, you know, you're going to have a baby soon. You know, it's, you're doing all these things because of love. And if you would just realize it and go, huh, I do love myself. And not let the love come, this is why my shirt says, I, oh, from within. I wear this shirt and it reminds me of where I live. I live within my heart. That's where God lives. I'm done living out in the world trying to tell me what to do, what's appropriate, how to love myself. The world will tell you all these things, and then we get mad because maybe we can do it, maybe we can't do it, maybe we don't have the finances to love ourselves that way, and we go, oh, I'm a failure. I can't love myself because I can't go on this trip to Bermuda, or I can't do... And they tell all this stuff to us, and then we beat ourselves up and go, yeah, well, who am I? But we love ourselves all the time. And so today I'm just telling you, just recognize it. The way you cook your food. You know, my wife, she's um, full-blown vegetarian now, and it's cool. Because I can see when she's up there cutting up and doing her things, she's loving herself. She's putting good fuel in her body. She's taking care of herself. Why? Because she loves herself. And it's funny, you know, one thing that happens when you start loving yourself, people get weird around you. They start kind of making fun of you or they kind of put you down. And a lot of times people stop doing that because we're looking for approval. But you should just begin to know, this is how I love myself. You know, there's a place over here not too far away by McAllister that has um, noodles. They do these kind of noodles, noodle restaurant, ramen noodles. And I really like it every time I come over. So I'm going to go over there after church and grab some before I go back and help them tear down. Why? Because I love myself. And I'm going to start loving myself more. When I watch f- football today, I'm going to enjoy the watching football. Why? Because I love myself. I worked all week. I get a break. I'm going to enjoy that. See, we, we sit there and we, we, we guilt trip ourselves and we never really get to enjoy what God has created for us because we're all guilty all the time. Oh, you know, I didn't do this good enough. God is not seeing you that way. You know, I heard this great, you know, I wrote this on Facebook. I'm not even on the message that I thought I was going to preach. I don't care. Um, I wrote this on Facebook because the Lord really showed me this. He talks about, I've been reading this new translation. I know Pastor Luke has told you guys about it, but it's called the uh, mirror. It's a paraphrase. It's called the mirror. And it's um, a great translation of the New Testament. Um, doesn't do all the Gospels. It's just John and then does the rest of the books. But it's such a great book because it talks about how we are a mirror of Christ. We look like him. He looks like us. We're family. And the whole, the whole paraphrase and the commentaries talk about that. And they said something that really hit me. <clears throat> it said that when, in John 3, 16, when Jesus paid the price, his price was so great that he lifted sin, all sin, from mankind. And so when I read that, I went, oh, wow, I never heard that. Then I'm reading the story of the lost son. I mean, the um, prodigal son, I was going to try to do that today, but we won't. But the lost coins, the story of the lost coins and the lost sheep. And this, he says this in this book that really went off in me. 
And he said, you know, this commentary this uh, man said, he goes, do you know that the lost coins and the lost sheep belong to somebody? So we get this weird kind of vibe in the Christian world that you've heard this term sinners, right? Oh, you know, we're saved and they're sinners or, you know, this. <clears throat> in God's eyes, he doesn't see that. He just sees them as lost coins. They have always belonged to him. The sheep always belonged to the shepherd that lost them, right? And who went out to get the sheep? The shepherd. Crazy love. And so when we begin, so when I read that, I went, man, God is just amazing. He loves us that much. Even in our craziness, the prodigal son story, you know, two sons, both kind of crazy. You know, one is the party animal, and he goes and he gets, and the thing about the crazy story is that, going back to you know, approval and love, they didn't know how much their dad loved them. Because the one son goes and just, he says, dad, give me half the money. Takes off, Right. He goes, takes off, lives a crazy life, doesn't call family, doesn't send him postcards. He's doing that. Then the other son, who's the you know, one who follows the rules, there's always, and these families are always the rule follower, and then there's the crazy one. And they both get mad at each other because they think it's unfair. He gets to do whatever he wants, and I have to follow the rules. And, you know, and you go through that. Well, you know, they're both living for approval. Well, the one guy goes out, lives a crazy life. Other son stays at home. But do you know how good the father was in the whole story? that he gave both of sons an inheritance. It says that in the story, it says that he, when the one son asked, he gave it to him. He didn't fight, didn't call him a bum. He gave it to him. And then the other son, when he asked, he gave it to him. But the one son spent his all. The other son had it and never used it. Never realized how much God loved him. He was trying to get this weird approval, and God had given him everything. And so the truth, it happens with us. God has given us everything. He's not holding anything back. He's not, even, he's not even concerned about your behavior. He is just being good, and he wants you to understand how much he loves you. And even in the story of the loss of the, the two sons, the father blesses the one when he comes back. The other one, you know, he's kind of mad, but the dad never got mad. Think about that. He never got mad. He just loved both of them. And so the, the beautiful thing about that story that meant to me, if I would just start opening my heart to that love and seeing that I'm approved and seeing, you know, when I put on this shirt today, I put on this shirt because it reminds me of love and loving myself. And as I begin to see that, you know, I'm doing things in life that are loving people. When you go to work, you know, start seeing that you are loving people when you go to work. Well, I will work in a horrible place. See, that's because that's you're looking for approval. You're looking to get bumped up in sales, or you're looking to get a promotion, and they don't give you a promotion, so they're, they're jerks and all these things. Say, no, 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 don't go to work that way. See, you're a person of love. You go to work loving. And how do you get to that place? Just like we did earlier. You just close your eyes and you go, Lord, just help me walk in this love. You know, yeah, going back to Facebook, I wrote something on Facebook because I like to write a lot of stuff on Facebook to inspire people. And we have a church Facebook page, and you know, it's, it's when you start loving yourself, it just happens you start to love other people. It, it does, it, you don't have to work at it. You know, one thing we don't do at our church, and I'm getting done, is that we don't do, and it sounds weird, we don't do outreach. We give outreach. We give to outreach. We don't do outreach. Because I want outreach 
to be inspired from a heart of love. You know, we do out, most of us do outreach every day someplace, some way, children, family. We're out, we're loving somebody. And if you just realize that, you know, even you don't run into someone on the street with your car, you're loving them. And so if you begin to see that, you, you're doing outreach every day. You're making an impact every day. When we, at our church, when we would do outreach, just for us, I always saw, it had this weird thing through the years of other churches. We always had this weird vibe that people go, okay, I did my outreach. That's it. And they could be a jerk all the other time. I went, feed my starving children. We built all these meals for kids. And then, you know, they'd go and they'd argue with their wife or they'd be a jerk to somebody else at work. And I'm, I was like, okay, this is not working. So I said, you know, I'm not going to be, be the cop out for you and, you know, oh, I did my church thing on the weekend. No, I said, I want you to start loving yourself. And then wherever you go, let the Lord begin to make you that loving outreach. But it starts with loving yourself. So today, I just want to encourage you. You know, you guys are all great. You know, your sin, I wrote something on Facebook. Here's the last thing I'll say. And I got some people mad. I knew who would get mad. Um, kind of the religious people who know the words. I used to be like them. Know the word. Know the scripture. And I said, because of the cross of Christ, because of his sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection, I said, the laws of sowing and reaping and karma no longer affect me because I'm under grace. Oh, my gosh. Whoosh. How dare you? They're quoting me scripture. And I don't even, when people quote me scripture, I don't have an answer. I just, whatever. Quote all you want, buddy. But it just shows <clears throat> the hardness that God wants to get out of your heart. And the person was, you know, one of my friends was correcting me, and he was there, and we're going to fight about this. And he can, he can fight all he wants. I didn't answer him. Um, but the thing was this. He wasn't loving himself. When he thought about himself, he thought in a sin-conscious manner. No, I can't. Yeah, I'm always, I'm a sinner. I'm no good. I'm a bum, and that's why I need God. And it's like, no, Jesus has set you free. And God's not holding any of your sin. None of it. None of it. He's holding any of it against you. So all the laws of karma and sowing and reaping are done. Because we're in Christ. And I, I'll give you the scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things are new. And 1 John says this. <clears throat> that the blood of Jesus in the word cleanses is a continual cleansing. So it's like being in the shower 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that blood is cleansing you. So even if you screw up right now and you said something stupid, it's not held against you. When you start taking in that kind of understanding <clears throat> and you start loving yourself, just naturally you begin to love other people and it'll just happen throughout your day. So I just want to encourage you guys with that today. I know I kind of went a little bit longer. Sometimes I don't know what to shut up. I put on my my little thing, but I didn't. Oh, it's got two minutes. Oh, okay. So, Father, we just thank you for today. <coughs> I thank you, Lord, that you just help us. You show us this whole week and from now on that we do love ourselves. And we don't have to be guilty about it. And we don't have to feel, <coughs> we don't have to go for someone else's approval. And, Lord, you help us grow in that self-love. 
Because as we grow in that self-love, Lord, we know that we'll, it'll be just effortlessly to love other people, no matter who they are and no matter what they've done. Like you said, Lord, in Matthew 5, 44, you said it for us to be like you, be like Jesus, who loves the good and the bad. So, Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.